0: Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 61. Welcome! It's so good to be back. This is the Sunday after Thanksgiving weekend 2020. And uh, it's been a nice, this is four days off, which just feels really good right now. Last episode, I talked about trying to lighten our Thanksgiving meal up a little bit. And I just wanted to give you an update on that, that that came out really well. I ultimately found, I I dropped the uh, green bean casserole in favor of green beans cooked in with some bacon and almonds, um, which was still quite lovely. And then I dropped the sweet potato or the casserole all together and did a salad that was like mixed greens um some walnuts or was it it was yeah maybe walnuts and feta pomegranate seeds and then um I did this cranberry balsamic vinaigrette that went with it and it was delicious and it was just a little bit of a contrast to the rest of the heavy meal so that that was good oh I gotta talk about my cup of tea I keep forgetting about that it's nothing special It's Harney and Sons, um, English breakfast, which is my go-to when I don't know what else to have, but I am drinking it today at the first day of Advent out of my little, um, it's not a Christmas cup, but it's a, um, a cup and saucer here. Let me give you the sound effect of the cup sitting on the saucer. That just seems so fancy and special to me. It's actually a fun spode blue and white piece of China. It's called spode the blue room collection girl at the well. First introduced in 1822, it's one of those um, cup and saucers that I got. I think at TJ Maxx, um, just as a as a little one-off, and I love using it. I love using real china cups and saucers, and the only reason I don't is because I like my tea in quantity. <laughs> They're so small. So what I used to do a lot more, and I am just reminding myself I'm going to do it again, is to make a cup of tea in the morning a pot of tea. And I've got tea cozies. I've got patterns for tea cozies on my blog. If you're ever interested in that, I'll put a link in the show notes to the tea cozy pattern, if I remember. Might be at the top of the blog. I'm not sure. Um, And so it stays warm. And, um, and just refill um, the more civilized sized teacup over and over, instead of making the big mug, which is what I normally do. So yeah, I'm going to do that. But I do love, I love the cup and saucer situation there. So, um, so yes, we're through Thanksgiving and now today is the first day of Advent for those of you that observe. And I started my, um, Advent book that I talked about last time called Shadow and Light by Tish Oxenreiter. And I haven't done any other Advent prep like Advent candles or an Advent wreath, which I've done in the past, but nothing has really struck me this year. I would really like to have one I used over and over. I would like to have Advent candles And more candles in general that are tapers. I love the whole Scandinavian vibe of tapers instead of the big pillar candles. And when I was in Norway a couple years ago, um, gosh, it's been two years now, I looked for a nice taper you know kind of an old-fashioned candle holder and I just you know as my my souvenir and I never found one Um, but I see them in like very in Scandinavian I I follow a lot of Scandinavian Instagram accounts because I just love that whole vibe and I see them and I'm like I want those and the same thing for the advent calendar I would or advent candles I would like the tapers because I've done them before with the big pillar candles and tried to use them year after year but you know then you store them for a year and they're just not the same and everything's kind of a mess so anyways, um, definitely starting, you know, my Advent reading. I think I'm going to set the tree up today. We have a fake tree, no guilt. Um, and I'm just going to set it up. It it takes two minutes, plug it in within its pre-lit white lights and just let it be that for this week, maybe. And, um, decorate slowly over the course of December all the Christmas decorations have been pulled down from the attic and they're just in the in the garage so I think I, I could just I want to kind of keep it simple this year anyways um but just doing you know one day I hang up a wreath and a garland and the next day I do the mantle or you know or a few days later whatever just do it kind of slowly I kind of I like that idea of building up to it um I don't know when I I don't think I had taken the Christmas card photos. Uh, before my last podcast, but yeah, I dragged the kids down to this old church um, in downtown Moore Park where I live and uh, did some photo, you know, Christmas photos. Um, it might be the last year we do it. My oldest is 18. It's a senior year of high school. <laughs> so my daughter said, you know, I'm not sure why you're still doing this. We, we don't change and we're really not that cute anymore. <laughs> but I had to see him through, through high school anyways. Um, and it's, of course, it was the um, it was the last photos that came out. I thought it would be the first photo I took, but then I was just like, okay, let's just do a couple more for um, security's sake. And they just kind of plopped down on the the steps of this church in this way more relaxed, you know, um, stance. And those were the ones that I... I picked um one from that is as a matter of fact I kind of liked one um where they all looked really good and then the other one Chloe was kind of laughing with her chin lifted which is like her very joyful demeanor and I was like oh that captures her so well um but I did a couple quilt picks and and so that was nice to get that out of the way and I actually came home I think it was last Sunday when I did this and just ordered ordered the cards like boom I think they might be sitting in our mailbox right now like so that felt really good to to get that get that going um so so yeah, I'm trying to kind of slow things down in Advent, even though I internally, once Thanksgiving is over, I kind of panic. Last year, I think Thanksgiving was late and there was only three weeks till Christmas. This year, there's four and that is nice. I, I really like that. But I've created a little a basket um, that has... Um, my journals, and a pencil, and my Advent book, um, and a devotions book, things like that, so that when I sit down in the morning, and I do, you know, I hit the news up first, I try not to do social media, um, but I like having that, I call it, uh, my morning basket, that's just right there for me to grab whatever to do the more inspirational kinds of reading that, um, that I want to do. So, um, yeah, if if you, like me, aspire to get your day off on the right foot instead of a lot of news and social media, uh, maybe putting all the things you need together. I have multiple journals in there. Like I have a morning pages journal where I just scroll, scroll, scroll. I have got a gratitude journal. I've got my start today journal. I've got all those, those types of things. So like whatever strikes my fancy is, is right there. So, um, that's just a, a little tip that's been working well for me. Um, just kind of recently, I used to keep it in another room over by my desk, and I realized I need to keep it right where I drink my coffee in the morning. The other thing that I just bought yesterday, and I have not really delved into it, but I just thought I would pass this on, is the Jackie Lawson Digital Advent Calendar. And that's J-A-C-Q-U-I-E-L-A-W-S. I I can't read my writing, probably O-N. Digital Advent Calendar. And apparently, she's kind of famous for um, having digital Christmas cards because where, wherever I saw this posted, and um, people were like, "Oh, my grandmother used to always send me the Jackie Lawson digital Christmas card." So um, you can do it on a computer, or you can do it on as an app on um, like an iPhone or a uh, a tablet. I, I did it as the app on my um, iPad, and it it, it cost five dollars four ninety nine. And it is this, from what I can tell, um, it's like a beautiful scene, a very Christmassy scene. And there are little things that you can do each day that unlock. So you can sort of decorate a Christmas tree. There are games you can play. There are things you can read. Um, there's just little activities and, um, and things to do every day. So this could be another kind of fun thing if I just feel like messing around on my phone and I'm really trying to be more intentional about social media right now, um, and just kind of stay off it as much as possible. Um, which sounds weird, but it's just, you know, I, I feel like it just is not bringing me the joy that it sometimes does. Sometimes it's very inspirational and others, it just feels like a time suck and a comparison trap. So, um, this might just be kind of a fun thing to do, to play around on your phone in a more of an adventy way. <laughs> Well before we get into the quilting segment, I'd like to once again thank the Fat Quarter Shop for their support. Sponsoring the podcast. Fat Quarter Shop is a one stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre cuts, quilt kits, patterns, notions, and even cross stitch supplies. Join the Fat Quarter Shop for their 14th annual Designer Mystery Block of the Month Club. This quilt will leave you with a sugar rush with 12 sampler blocks by designers from Mota Fabrics to sweeten the deal. Each block Finishes at 12 inches square and features the Strawberries and Rhubarb Fabric Collection by Fig Tree Quilts from Moda Fabrics. This club is perfect for beginners all the way to experienced quilters. It runs from June 2021 to May 2022 and ships around the 10th of every month. I'll put a link in the show notes. And I just want to add, you should be checking Fat Quarter Shop. They are having so many fabulous sales and deals this time of year. So definitely check them out. All right, let's move on to quilting. I have been hand piecing and boy have I just every day I'm reminded about how much I love to hand sew. I I really do. Um, You know what I don't love is the prep. (laughs) I'm that way with even machine sewing quilts. The cutting and with hand piecing you know there's often there's templates they're marking the seam allowances and I can get into a pretty zen state about it sometimes but sometimes I just want to get to the stitching and so um, and and because um, I'm Patty and I are prepping for the handpiece quilt along for 2021, I need to stop and take um, pictures, you know, to, as, of the process as I'm making the blocks. And sometimes I just really do not want to get up and go over and take a photo. <laughs> so, um, but as a matter of fact, there I'm going to have to go back and take some photos because sometimes I just refused to, to get up and, and go do that. But man, it's been really fun to, to be hand sewing again. Um, and the other hand sewing project I have is um, I talked last time about uh, getting a quilt back from the Long Armor. I'm um, from Deanna Cenzano. And I sew, I made and sewed the binding onto that for the exact reason that if I'm in the mood to hand sew and I can't, I need to do some prep work or I need to stop and take a photo and I don't want to, then I will have another hand sewing project <laughs> that's very handy. So we'll see how long it takes me to get through that. But that'll be kind of fun. Oh, do you remember, uh, uh, when was it, just uh, a few weeks ago, I talked about this puzzle from c and Publishing, the Thimble, Thimble Blossoms 1000 piece puzzle that we did in like 24 hours, which was very funny to me and I sent that off to Sarah Go or her family knocked it out I starting on Thanksgiving Day in a day and a half and now it's off to um, another uh, quilter. so um, that, that's I think a super fun that we're just kind of moving that sewing themed puzzle on from quilter to quilter. It is a super fun puzzle over at CNT publishing. you should totally uh, check that out. Um, oh, and so when I sewed the hand binding or the binding onto my quilt, I just got my Juki back. It had been um, I kind of timed things so that I was going to be working on the handpiece quilt along, and went and dropped my um, my Juki twenty two hundred off for, um, at the sewing machine warehouse where I bought it um, for its annual spa treatment. And um, one of the things that I wanted fixed on it was the uh, the threader. So I got it back. I love an automatic threader because I don't know about you, but I do not enjoy threading needles. That's one of my biggest issues with the hand sewing is because I like skinny needles, which that usually means that the eye is pretty small. But anyways, I digress. So um, I got it back. I have not used the needle threader on it for like nearly a year. So I forgot, totally forgot how it works. So I went and looked up a a video on it. Um, and I usually go to the same one, but new people have done them. And I found out that I, in fact, have been doing it wrong this whole time. So now I kind of wonder if the needle throttle was working the whole time. Um, I The one that, um, that I first uh, did it, for, did it, you know, learned how to use it. Um, the woman said something like, you have to like treat it like, like a boyfriend you don't really care about. You just, you can't pay too much attention to it. You just kind of have to let it fly and just, and and the the less you try, the more it works, which I always thought was a really um, funny way to describe it. And I kind of understood what she meant, but now I found out there's one other place that I could hook the thread that I have a feeling was what was missing all along. I will put that link in the show notes. I bookmarked it. So if you have um, a Juki, I think 2000, 2010 or 2200, I think they all have a very similar needle threader. And this is the best video that I've ever seen for it, so I'm really um, appreciating that. So that's kind of what's going on quilting-wise. I mentioned in the last podcast that I had um, bought a cross-stitch pattern of this tiny little ugly Christmas sweater. Well, I didn't end up doing it. My daughter did. She's the crocheter and she just is kind of between projects right now. I'm like, maybe you might want to try this. So she whipped that thing out in like a night. It's very cute. I should take a picture of it. I just, I need to kind of get it in the hoop. I, I think it might be the the Christmas ornament for my uh, my 18-year-old. I should probably have her do another one and let him pick the colors um, on the little sweater. But anyways, that kind of um, got her interested in cross-stitch. So she went and found a, uh, a free pattern on, I think it's just the DMC website, and um she's doing a a pretty really pretty thing with birds and leaves and stuff and it's all like red and gold and you know I've just got a buildup of of embroidery floss from over the years some of it was my mom some of it I I hope this doesn't really matter but some of it has got to be over 25 years old um but I've I've got a decent selection in there so she's um, been kind of enjoying that I'm a little jealous because I would like to try that but I've just got too many projects going right now but um I can't tell you how much it delights me that my 22-year-old daughter is is getting crafty. And of course, she's picking up all the things her mom didn't do. <laughs> but isn't that the way it goes? And that's been really fun to watch. Before we leave the quilting segment, I want to talk about a class that I took, an online class that I took. C&T Publishing has a, um, I, I talked about this on the last podcast, a new um, online platform for watching um, classes where you can learn all kinds of sewing, embroidery, color theory, things like that. It's called Creative Spark. I'll put a link in the show notes. And they gifted me a uh, one class so that I could check it out and um, t- tell you guys about it. So I chose Artful Improv by Cindy Grisdella. I think I said her name wrong last week, so forgive me for that. I have long wanted to play more in the sewing room to be a more improv modern quilter, so I thought this would be a good class to kind of get me going on that. And man, the content of this class does not disappoint. So part of the class, you actually get an ebook download of her book by the same name, which is really nice because I think basically what you learn in the class is also in this book so you can go back and have a have reinforcement for later on if you, if you want that. I have to say the content of this class was so good, obviously she's a pro at this and she has taught this class many times. She totally knows what she's talking about. So I, I haven't put the, um, the things into action yet but here are some of the things I've learned um, how to do color selection. Um, angled stripes, how she puts together improv blocks in different ways. She shows how to do different kinds of curved um, piecing on an improv level, more like a drunkard's path and more of that very um, kind of long, gentle curves that kind of can look like mountains. And I've always wondered how to do that. And it's a, it's a different kind of cutting technique. Um, how to put things together, how to finish it, like so many amazing things that I just know that I am going to, I cannot wait to dive into. Once I'm done through the handpiece quilts along, I'm pulling out my solids and some, and sorting them into warm and cool colors and all that kind of stuff um, to, to, to really play around with this because I think it is going to be so much fun I've got the class open in front of me right now, and I just um, want to kind of tell you, she teaches you how to do insets and how to do curved striped borders and um, all kinds of different tips and tricks, how to do um, pieced backs, how to audition things and how they go together, how to do facing, the, the whole deal. So the actual, the quality of instruction is amazing in this class. The one thing that I have to say out of complete honesty, because I'm not going to recommend anything and, and uh, not be completely honest, is that this class was definitely filmed by the teacher, um, not in a studio, because you know what, we're in, you know, coronavirus times, right, because of COVID. So I'm sure that if you've seen like a Craftsy class where it's on a set and all that kind of stuff, um, it's not like that. It's definitely from a production standpoint, more of a a homegrown affair. So I will give you that caveat, but also say that that production value does not detract from the quality of the material, which was fantastic. So that is my true and honest review of Artful Improv. And lastly, before we leave the quilting segments, I wanted to mention, I've talked about the Aliso mini irons a few times and how handy those are, especially if you're doing like small Christmas projects, things like that. And they have been back ordered for a while, but I guess they're coming back in and there's a big sale. Um, it's through November 30th, um, and so I know you might be listening after that, but just keep checking back with them. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, it is an affiliate link, um, but so that kind of helps offset some of the, the cost of doing this podcast, so I appreciate that, but just keep checking back with them because they have sales all the time. So um, I love, love, love my little Aliso mini project iron, which I've definitely been using as I've been ironing, ironing the little things for the, the handpiece quilts along let's move on to shows. Um, I have been obsessed, as I get, with the show 800 Words on Acorn. I know I got to move off Acorn so I can give you guys some things <laughs> that aren't on Acorn, like The Crown, which I really want to watch, but I'm just not quite there yet. But 800 Words is about a um, a, a widower who lives in Australia and after his wife dies, he moves his two teenage kids to New Zealand and to this really quirky town. I'm getting deja vu like I've told you this already. And I, I think I repeat myself from podcast to podcast, so I apologize for that. But um, so he moved to this quirky town. Of course, it's a seaside town in New Zealand. It is gorgeous. And if you liked, if you like Doc Martin, if you like... Um, if you liked Northern Exposure, it's just, it's a super fun little show. And actually there's at least two actors so far, actresses <laughs> that come from my beloved McLeod's daughter. So that's kind of been fun to see them uh, you know, quite a few years older, actually. Um, but it's, you know, it's a more reasonable, se- it's like uh, seven or eight episodes per season, three seasons. So um, I'm really enjoying that. So that's my go-to show right now. I finished up... Um, the Indian doctor, which I know I talked about last time. And I just have to go back and tell you that was a really good show. Um, I'm sorry that there weren't um, more seasons of that, but in season two, there is an episode where there is a smallpox outbreak in this little village in Wales. This show takes place in the sixties. Okay. So, um, there was a smallpox vaccine. But it was still a very dangerous virus, and man, it was it was so strange because in this little village they locked it down. Apparently, the way you treat a virus has been exactly the same for many many years. They shut down the stores. They shut down the church. They shut down. They said no small gatherings. Um, don't be don't mix households. Stay home with your own household. Um, stay at least six feet apart from each other. You know, like the whole thing. The one thing they didn't do was have people wear masks, which I know that here in San Francisco and during the Spanish flu, people, they did have people wear masks. Um, But if anyone was near a person with smallpox, they had a mask and all the PPE, the gown and and all that kind of stuff. And once a person was uh, exposed, they had them quarantined. Like It was just like coronavirus right now, only this was um, 50, 60 years ago. Um, It was crazy. So, um, no, the the part of the story that was quite a bit different, well, part of it that was the same are the people who didn't believe it, who kept having gatherings, and, of course, one of the people had it, and then a bunch of people were infected, that kind of a thing that's still going on now. Um, But what was different was they had a vaccine. So once the vaccine came to town, actually there was a whole issue with people not taking it. They didn't believe in it. Um, And so, um, but eventually... Obviously, we get everybody vaccinated, which is what we're waiting for here, right? But it was just such a strange thing. I'm, I went back and looked. I'm like, when was this this um, filmed? And it was like 2012. So they had no idea. It wasn't some commentary on how COVID is being handled here. It was just... People, human nature apparently is exactly the same. So that's The Indian Doctor. Totally um, just could not recommend that more highly. And thanks so thanks to whatever listener told me, said, I think you would enjoy The the Indian Doctor because they were right. And the, the show that my daughter Chloe and I are watching together is um, on Netflix, and it's The Queen's Gambit. Have you watched this? It, it took me a while to realize that the – actress I can't think of what her name is but she um was in the last remake of Emma she's very striking looking because her eyes are very far apart from each other it makes and they're big and um so big wide set eyes and so she just has a very unusual look that show has been so good it's about a young girl an orphan in fact who discovers um, chess and turns out she's quite good at it and um and how she kind of takes the whole chess world by storm, including um, Russians, which are super into, you know, state-sponsored chess champions, things like that. And I actually heard a story on NPR recently about a Russian grandmaster chess player who, I, I guess, consulted on that movie. And it's only been on, or it's not a movie, it's a TV show. And it's only been on for a few weeks, but it is already causing quite um, a resurgence of, of interest in chess playing, especially among girls. So I thought that that was really, really interesting. Um, I'm not a chess player. I do not... Um, think in the way that the strategic thinking ahead thing that you need as a chess player does not come naturally to me. So that's, I don't want to go play chess, but I'm glad other people are. <laughs> um, and the only other thing we've been really doing is, um, starting on Thanksgiving, we started watching Lord of the Rings. Um, my daughter, once we con- she came home and we were in quarantine, decided she was going to finally, as an English major, um, it was kind of strange that she had never read the Lord of the Rings series. So she knocked that sucker out in no time. And so we thought it would be fun to go back and watch the, the series, which we have watched before. Um, my, uh, my youngest son read the whole series in middle school, and we never really made it through a full rewatch of, the, of all the movies. So um, we are about halfway through the, you know, we're halfway through the second one. So we're about halfway through the series. So that's been kind of fun. That will be an ongoing project because those movies are so long. It is crazy. So that's, uh, that's kind of all that's going on in the, the TV and movie area. Let's talk books now. I have started a new book A few years ago, I feel like near the beginning of this podcast, I talked about a series of books called The Cazalet Cazole, I'm not sure, Chronicles by Elizabeth Jane Howard. I'm gonna go check that author right now. Okay, it is correct. Elizabeth Jane Howard. And there are how many books? There's like one, two, three. There are four books in that series. And then um Years later, she wrote a fifth one. And I was completely unaware of this till I saw somebody on Instagram who had them all stacked up. And I'm like, I have never heard of the one called All Change. So it's one of those epic family dramas, which I love so much. Um, they're called The Light Years, Marking Time, Confusion, Casting Off. So it's before World War II, during, after. And then, you know, just how life is moving on. And this one is called All Change which is a very uninspired title, actually. And it takes place, I believe, about nine years after the last one. And they do a really good job. And it says the fifth and final volume in the Cazalek Chronicles. And they do a really good job of getting you up to speed because it has been 10 years. I mean, I guess I started rereading them a few years ago, um, but I I didn't get through the whole series. This makes me want to go back and reread them, though. But they do a really nice job of catching you up. in the foreword um it kind of tells you where you are and it says as a matter of fact it says the following background is intended for readers who are unfamiliar with the chazalette chronicles and then uh you know or also you have forgotten them and there is a family tree and a character list which shows all the relationships because it's one of those things where there's these two um you know like it's a patriarchal story and there's the the duchy and the brig who are the the two grandparents and then they have kids um and those kids are grown, I think there's four of them, and they're grown in, even at the beginning of the Casalette Chronicles, and so it's about them as adults, and their children, and now they're, you know, even older, and we're starting to have grandkids, and things like that, so um, that has been fun, I am not very far, and it's a physical book, because I've learned that if I read physical books before bed, I sleep better, oh, I'm on page 100, so, um, I did actually say last night I should read this during the day so that I can really get some some critical mass, some momentum going on it. But, um, yeah, I'm really I'm, – uh, I'm enjoying that. Last podcast I talked about that I was reading The Giving Quilt, which is a Jennifer Cheverini, Elm Creek Quilters novel um, about Thanksgiving. You know, it's kind of – it's the week after Thanksgiving is the time frame. And I did enjoy rereading that. And then I found out, because I think Kindle probably – reminded me is that there is another, um, the final, or I don't know if she's going to write anymore, but the 21st book in the 21 book series of the Elm Creek Quilts series, a book called The Christmas Boutique. Um, and it's one, it is again, more of a, it's, it's an Elm Creek Manor book. You know, she does a lot of those historical ones, which actually are my favorite, the, the historical quilt novels. Um, but I ordered that one from the library. Um, as a physical book very unusual for me so I'm in, I'm uh, looking forward to that I don't think that I read it I'm a little surprised that a book from her an Elm Creek Quilter book uh, like slipped through my fingers there so when I get it there is at least a 50% chance that I will go oh I've read this <laughs> do you do that <laughs> maybe that's why I why I like to reread books so much because it's like sometimes it's like a whole new world to me so so that's all that's kind of going on the book side of things I am really enjoying reading some of these, um, just straight up novels right now, though. I just feel like that is the, um, the escape that I kind of need at the end of the day. Let's move into homemaking. Last time I talked to you about number one, trying not to take on too many new projects in a do as I say, not as I do (laughs) kind of scenario. But, um, but maybe being inspired to do a little pre-holiday deep cleaning. And I kept trying to kind of carve out time to do that for myself. And I finally did once um, I took off some time for Thanksgiving, actually the day after Thanksgiving. I didn't really mean for it to be this way, but I I really got knocked out a few deep cleaning tasks and it felt so good. So I did the family room, which is what, you know, we're going to decorate for Christmas um, in a really good way of – of doing a really deep dusting, we, we still have like a an, an old-fashioned, um, what's it called, entertainment center. We have not gotten to the big TV with the console under it yet. I, I love my Ethan Allen um, entertainment center circa 1996 that we, when we moved into this house as newlyweds and we were unpacking, we realized we needed more space. I'd been kind of eyeing this this set at Ethan Allen and we stopped unpacking and we, and we drove to Ethan Allen and we ordered it and it was a huge, you know, like a big thing for us to spend that money. But here we are 20, almost 25 years later and it, it was a good purchase and I am loath to give it up. Um, I really can now as an adult understand how, um, when you were younger and you'd go to people's houses and like their furniture, everything's a little dated. I, I see why that happens now because, you know, as you, as you decorate your house, you know, you, you put thought into it and you find your style and, and invest. And, you know, if fashion and fads and trends, they keep moving on, but I can't afford to redo all my furniture (laughs) every five years. So it is, it is stuck when we invested it and I still love it, even if it is not fashionable. So anyways, um, so, I did a deep dusting of that. I did a really good job on all the shutters moved i you know took out all the cushions out of the chairs and vacuumed in the sofa, moved it, swept behind it, wiped down baseboards, did a really deep vacuuming and I just felt like oh and and then polished all the furniture. so I put a link um, in the last episode show notes to the woman who many years ago, maybe ten years ago, wrote this this um, just a very quick blog post about her going through and deep cleaning for advent and I didn't do it in the morning before anyone got up I just you know actually that is not true I did it just wasn't particularly early I just have late sleepers but that felt good and that gave me some energy to um, I kind of alternated that with doing some sewing and then got into the kitchen and did the wipe down of all the the um kitchen cabinets. We have dark cabinets. So when you get a bunch of flour and we do a lot of cooking in there, it shows on those cabinets, wipe those down, cleaned out under the kitchen sink, which has been driving me crazy. You know, talk about entropy, you know, entropy sets in there and it just, you know, turns into chaos. So all of that felt really good. And frankly, I was a little burned out. Um, but, but so glad that I did that. One thing that sort of inspired me is there is a Instagram account called Go Clean Co, and they have these cleaning videos which are very like in her Instagram stories which are very satisfying to watch. But she has a I even bought a, a couple of her cleaning books, and she has these cleaning recipes that involve basically hot hot water like a teaspoon of tide liquid detergent and then occasionally some bleach and there's something about that powdered tide that lifts dirt and I have to say that I agree with her I did a deep clean on my kids bathroom which I don't normally touch I actually just went in there to clean the floor could not stop myself from just giving that whole disgusting mess a good deep clean um and that floor is like stone. It's, uh, it was a mistake. One of those kind of like a travertine where dirt just gets in the grout. It gets in the little crevices. But that mixture of that hot water and just a little bit of tide and a scrub brush really brought everything up. So that felt very satisfying. Um, but she just has a lot of great videos that, and and, and ways of, um, and, and the books are good too. They're just, they're very simple books, but they have, you know, kind of um, ways to attack cleaning different areas of your home. And one thing that I think is very interesting is that she's very into vacuuming everything before you scrub it and even in the bathroom and I kind of get that because there's when when you're trying to clean and there's a whole layer of dust and you're wiping it just you know kind of makes a mess so if you can dust vacuum a lot of that dust up first it makes it a lot easier to clean so anyway so I've been just focusing on that I think I might be kind of done with the deep cleaning because I just need to move on to more Christmassy things to do like decorating and cooking and things like that Um, but it feels good to be getting a good good start and now I just want to focus on you know making things cozy and mostly for me, I, I, I want to start with lights and scents. So just like candles, twinkle lights, um, maybe some scented candles or essential oils, um, but Clean Mama has, I, I screenshot these little formulas um, that she had of, of making your house smell good, of um, things that you can, you know, like how you can just simmer on your stove with rosemary and oranges and, and like little things like that. So I think I'm going to start with that. I also want to, um, I keep seeing these pictures of sliced dried oranges kind of strung with twine. And I think I want maybe uh, Chloe and I can sit down and slice up some oranges and do that this year. I hear that they smell really good. Um, I can just picture... I need to think I need to buy some twine them strung like in front of the fireplace a little bit like where the stockings will be and when the fire's on it'll kind of give you that that smell and then when you're done you can just compost them or throw them away it's like one of those things where it's not going to create a storage problem um last year we did little pomanders, you know with the actually we just did tangerines with the cloves stuck in them and that was that was really fun so just it's time, it's time to get super cozy. I pulled out all the Christmas quilts, which I don't have a ton, but they are so fun to see. I, I love rotating quilts in and out so that, um, they're like seeing new friends. <laughs> and, and these will stay, you know, through January. The one, my Winter Tales quilt, um, which is done with my friend Minky's Fabric, it's more of a winter quilt than a Christmas quilt. So I really can leave that one out no problem, um, you know, and until through February even. And the other thing that's been making me super cozy lately that I just wanted to mention in case um, anyone out there like me has like problems with their feet. I have definitely have, uh, I, I wear orthotics on my shoes. I've got plantar fasciitis. I've just, you know, have to kind of be good about wearing good shoes, which is why I like I wear Birkenstocks because they've got good arch support. Um, and I was having some problems um, with my feet because I go barefoot all the time. We've got It's California, right? So, And we have hardwood floors. And I realized I need to wear shoes in the house. And I don't like to wear shoes in the house. So I did a real deep dive um, search for a good pair of slippers. And I found a pair. And I just want to share this with you in case um, you guys have the similar issue. So they are called Vionics. And um, they're kind of an expensive slipper. It's the most I've ever played for a slipper. Um, I'm reaching down to look at them right now. So there's all different styles. But I got a gray suede pair that has kind of like a, you know, like a sheepskin thing on the inside. And so they have really good arch support. And one thing that's really cool about this is that you can take the insole out and wash it. So if you go, you know, so I and they've got rubber soles. So it's got lots of padding, good arch support. I like a, I like a, uh, a slipper that's got a rubber sole. So it's almost like a shoe, but I can just slip them on. Um, but yeah, but they won't get stinky because you can take the insoles out and wash them, which I think is is key. So I'm planning on having them for many years. So it was a bit of an investment for me, but no regrets. Um, and the other pair of investment shoes that I bought um, recently, as in yesterday, it's, it's going to be like my main Christmas present. Ever since I was in high school, I've wanted a pair of clogs, like the wooden soled clogs. So, um, I'm half Norwegian and I had this friend, um, who was all Norwegian, um, in high school and she had just this, this way of dressing, this vibe that I loved and her parents came from Norway and she had this pair of clogs that she would wear. She's very into wearing dresses and skirts and she's always looks super cute in them. So I've always wanted a pair of clogs and, um, and I thought about it. I thought about getting them before I went to Norway. Um, but ultimately got something kind of with the same vibe but not like the Swedish wooden clogs and um there was uh my friend Faith on Instagram she wears them and kind of pointed uh me in the direction of uh San, San Clogs which is a Swedish clog company and they were having a really big sale um, they're expensive shoes, but they're having a really big sale. And I was kind of going back and forth between, do I want these or do I want the more, you know, sort of typical dance co clogs? And then as I was looking through their Instagram account and stuff, um, I found this video. I'll put it in the show notes, which is the Sandgren story. And um, it's like these clogs are still to this day handmade like one person is doing the wooden heel and they're sewing this and they're they're gluing them together like nothing is done you know completely by machine they are made the same way for like hundreds of years which as a maker so appealed to me and this when i saw how they were made in this video i'm like okay i am totally gonna get a pair of these so i ordered a pair of um mules just like the slip-on type clogs and um so that'll be my Christmas present. I haven't gotten them yet, um, but I'm super excited about it. And <laughs> as we were walking around, my family, um, or my husband and daughter and I, we went to Solvang um, yesterday and just did a little bit of a, it's like kind of a touristy place. Everyone was wearing masks outside. We were able to, you know, to distance. And we walked around and um, they have like a clog store there. And I was just like, you know what? I've been wanting clogs since I was in high school. So this is like a 40-year <laughs> journey for me. I hope I like them. They're supposed to be very comfortable, kind of like Birkenstocks. The more you wear them, the more they fit your foot and um, should just get more and more comfortable. And I just absolutely love the vibe. I love the aesthetic. So that's been like a, a super fun thing to do. Anyways, all right. So last podcast, I did the sad trombone that I had no reviews and you people really showed up. So thank you so much. I've got how many, I think six reviews. So I want to thank Marpar410, mom of three grads, CMC, Life, not Lifesaver, Leafsaver2, D. Madoma. And Megan one six one, thank you so much. I it is so fun to read those reviews and to know that that um, that I'm connecting with you people out there. <laughs> um, that it's like sitting down with a friend having a chat. Um, With someone who likes the same kinds of things that you like. So, um, that is exactly what I want for this podcast. Um, I know a lot of people do more of the interview style podcast that is packed full of real useful information. And I don't know, that's just not my style. I just want to sit and have a chat with you. And um, as I've said before, the way we continue this conversation is over at the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group, and that is growing. And you know what I would like to do is, well, first of all, I, I post the show over in that group and I love it. People have started to respond in the comments when I post that show, um, their comments about that episode. And that has been super fun. I just love to, to get that feedback right there. So keep doing that. Um, but I would love for that to become a place where you um you know like we already share um what we're working on and things like that and so if you need some christmas inspiration man people are making the most adorable christmas quilts and, and stockings and other kinds of projects over there so definitely check that out but i want to encourage you guys to feel free to post whatever you are working on you don't wait for a post from me saying what are you working on post what you're working on post your questions post your frustrations your your celebrations, all that kind of stuff about, about quilts, about what you're reading, what you're watching, you know, uh, stuff about your home, whatever you would like. I would really like that to be a place where everybody feels free to just, um, to get that support and that community that we're all looking for. So with that, um, I will sign off. I hope that you guys are having a wonderful holiday season as we go into it, that we can go into it, you know, thoughtfully with intention and take time to connect with family and, and do those kinds of, um, you know, sewing or whatever it is that's going to bring you joy. Until next time, I'll talk to you later. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, on Instagram at Kristen Esser. And once again, please consider joining the Simple Handmade Every Day Facebook group to keep the conversation going.